What's up? Welcome to the Rams podcast. Ube Island podcast week 13. Yeah, coming close to the end of the season. I think the final five or six games. I think we got like a month left. And we got the W today. A very, very easy W. A relaxing win for the Rams. And it was much needed. Of course, like past three weeks have been a nightmare <laughs> to say the least it has been awful on all ends it's just been three weeks of embarrassment against three really three really good teams but still at the end of the day like the effort that we put out there in those three weeks were just abysmal and i was pathetic it really got me thinking about a lot of the players on his team and questioning the coaching questioning some of the players but Luckily, we have this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 2-9. and nine. I think they're 2-10 and ten now, but they're, they used to be 2-9. and And they're not really a good team. But at the same time, I'm, I'll admit, like, going into this game, I had this, like, really awful thought in the back, very back part of my mind that our Rams were going to lose against the Jaguars today. And that just comes from years of abuse as years of uh being a rams fan i'm just conditioned to expect the worst out of this team and i'm not forgetting us losing to the jets last year who were winless late in the season and that kind of sparked the downfall of last year so it wasn't out of the realm or is realm of possibility is that the is that the saying that that we were that we could lose this game to the Jaguars so luckily that didn't happen but you know it could there's another universe universe where the Rams lost against the Jaguars thankfully I'm not in that universe and I'm in the correct universe and hopefully I'm also in the one that we win a Super Bowl but that that has yet to be determined so going on to the game um again it was like a, it was a blowout it's nothing really there's there are there are stuff to go over and I'll go over them, uh, but I'm not gonna go over the game. We won by like 30 points. I think it was like 37 to seven. And I'll first start out with Sony Michelle. Uh, the run game, of course, I've said before, or I hope I said before, but it is the foundation of Sean McVay's offense. So for us to lay the, the foundation of a solid run game really put the uh, foundation towards having a successful offense today and that's what happened sean McVay went to sony michelle who was starting over daryl henderson jr i don't know why maybe injury wise but either one either one of them would have ran well but sony michelle ran pretty well today the offensive line blocked really well we lost uh brian allen i think uh early in the game but i forgot who came in for him i forgot his name but they all did pretty well in the front. So as a result, I think Sonny Michelle had like 100 yards, 20 carries. So very happy about that. And now that we ran the, the ball, now we have a running game established. Now we can get the passing game going. And, you know, the Sean McVay magic happens. And then so going on to our aerial assault led by Matthew Stafford, I thought that today was a okay game. It wasn't really phenomenal, <laughs> but it was enough to like win us the game at, and at least look good. 
I mean, it was back to back to normal for the most part for Matthew Stafford after these past three weeks of throwing pick sixes, uh, turning the ball over, and just being an, being an absolute wreck. And yeah, I thought he he looked okay. Um, there's still the issues with uh, his accuracy and. If he's injured or not, we we don't know. He's not saying it. We're not disclosing that information. I think Stafford has mentioned that he's hurt. But, yeah, I'm hoping that that's the case because his accuracy issues are still a problem even in this game. Like, he got away with it today because, like, luckily for us, we have really good wide receivers. Like, often there are a few times where players had to reach behind or come back to get the ball. Like, I think Cooper Cup had a few crazy catches where he had to warp his body and twist it just to catch the ball and then reach out and dive for passes. And, yeah, a lot of badly placed balls, really. But, again, we had some great catches today. I think the only... There were a couple, like, weird plays by the receivers that they should have made. One of them being Van Jefferson missing that third and third down conversion on a slant. Like, it hit him on the chest and he dropped it, so that's his fault. And then another one with OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. at the end zone. He had, like, a, a corner, something on, along the sidelines that he could have caught, but he just didn't go for it for some reason, and I'll talk about this later. <laughs> but, yeah, Matthew Stafford's inconsistency with his accuracy is still a problem. And he did overthrow Odell Beckham again in the middle. And I think that's all I can remember. <laughs> but yeah. But other than that, I thought Matthew Stafford was able to at least get back on his feet. There's a lot of great throws in, in there as well. It wasn't just bad passes, but he had some dimes. I mean, off the back, back foot to the back of the end zone, tiptoe catch to Van Jefferson for a touchdown. And then a crossing route to Cooper Cup, deep, deep route. That was nice. And then he had a fade route to Odell Beckham Jr. that connected for the touchdown. So that's nice to build some chemistry with OBJ. So I, I was, I'll take that. <laughs> but yeah, inconsistent accuracy, inconsistencies is the issue with Matthew Stafford, and he's not going to get away with it anymore. But it's nice to see the offense look normal after the past three weeks. So, shout out to Matthew Stafford. Uh, next, uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup was shut out in the first half, but in the second half, he had like, what, eight or so catches for 100 yards and then a touchdown. And it's, if you don't know, Cooper Cup is kind of on in route to breaking some records i think he could get the triple crown i read that on reddit and then calvin johnson's receiving record i think he might be i don't know if he'll reach it it'll be close but i think with the extra game he'll definitely pass it but it's just been a magical year for cooper cup and it's it's not really super out of the norm for cooper cup because i've kind of seen him do this since his like rookie year but just to see him just dominate as a wide receiver, run his route so beautifully, and it just looks super easy to him. And then at the same time, he's like blocking, he's helping blocking downfield. So shout out to Cooper Cup. Love you. <laughs> and he had a nice touchdown today on 
one-on-one on, one on one route against the safety. And lastly, uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, again, just trying to set chemistry with him and Matthew Stafford. He did miss him earlier on a deep route towards the middle, overthrew him. But the play that was kind of weird was that deep ball towards the corner for a touchdown that he just didn't go for. And yeah, it's true that he had a safety that could have knocked him out, knocked him really hard, possibly get a concussion, and he's probably protecting himself. But you got to die for that, man. Like, he could have easily caught that ball two-handed, one-handed, whatever, but I was kind of upset at that, but whatever. Defensively, uh, nothing really because, you know, the Jaguars aren't that good. So I didn't really, they didn't really give us anything to really guard. <laughs> I mean, there's, they didn't have anybody, but things to take away. Ernest Jones looked really good. The rookie, he was really aggressive and had some nice plays. And Aaron Donald had a nice strip tackle on a running back and then like literally like yanked it out of his arms like a little kid. And that was really awesome. Again, nothing really from the defense. And... Last talk about the game, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, man, my thoughts on him. Number one pick out of Clemson for Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jag Jaguars, sorry. But again, like, there's an, it's a bad team, bad situation, so you can't really say too much about it, about him, but you could kind of see, like, foundational things, like, what, what does he have to set a foundation for him? to be a really great quarterback in the NFL and it kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray back in his rookie year like I saw him in person at the Coliseum at our first rookie year Arizona's last game at the Coliseum and I got to see Kyler Murray and yeah it was a stinky situation Cardinals weren't got, weren't that good back then they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins and everybody but but you but for me like back then I got to see Kyler Murray and the stuff that he had at least you know and the stuff that he had was, you know, he had a rocket arm, crazy arm for someone that's super small. And and then he had this evasive playmaking ability, kind of like a Russell Wilson. So I saw the potential in Kyler Murray. And now, flash forward to, fast forward to now, he's now leading the Arizona Cardinals to the top of the NFL. And he is our number one enemy now. <laughs> And I had him ranked as the top quarterback in the league back then. And that that's kind of in the air now. He missed some games. But yeah, going back to Trevor Lawrence, same thing applies to him. Like, what are things that I saw in Trevor Lawrence that could that he could build upon, you know, foundation, foundational things that he has. I'm kind of making it worse, but what does he have to build on and... One, he does have that rocket arm. I think the play that was kind of highlighted, not a lot of people are going to see it in the highlights. Well, I don't, I'm not going to watch it, but there's a third down, and then he scrambles out of the pocket, and then he launches this very, very quick, tight window pass rocket. It must have been like a 100 miles per hour pass. <laughs> like an absolute rocket to the wide receiver. That, that, that window is open for like a millisecond, and he gets this ball out extremely quick like in a blink of an eye and I was really impressed by that he didn't have any other really strong throws to really talk about but it's just worth noting that the arm power is there and 
other foundational things that I did see is that he is poised in the pocket. He stands very tall. I'm not sure his height, but he seems really huge. But he looked really poised in the pocket. And, of course, facing guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Greg Grant, Greg Gaines. Like, I thought he did. He stayed rather firm in the pocket, didn't look too shaky. And even at times, like, he scrambled a bit and got some extra yards. So he does have that off-schedule ability, maybe not like Patrick Mahomes. I feel like I say that all the time, but not like a Kyler Murray or Mahomes. But he does have the ability to run out of the pocket. And, yeah, I think he will be a solid quarterback moving on. Uh, this year's kind of shaky, but and the numbers don't look good. But I think I don't see anything wrong with them. <laughs> I really don't. That's the, and that's the Rams <laughs> review for this week. Sorry, it's not as in-depth. Pretty easy game to talk about, or easy win. So not really too much to talk about. And therefore, I have more time to talk about other games. Uh... So, our guy, Jared Goff, winless in Detroit, no more. I was there. <laughs> I wasn't physically there, but I, I tuned into the game because I saw that they were they were leading late in the fourth quarter. So, I tuned in, and, like, right when I tuned in, they, it was, like, fourth and inches in Detroit. They decided to go for it on fourth and, fourth and one in their own territory, and it was super risky. I didn't. I didn't know the context of the the situation. I didn't know if their run game was working too well. I just tuned in at that time, so I, I didn't really know. But it, it is true that if you did kick it to uh, Minnesota, they had they were down by like two, so there was a chance that Minnesota could have got the ball after a punt and just went down the field and just ran the clock out and then got a field goal. So that was a possibility. And if that was if that was in the mind of the coach, the Campbell, I think his name for the Lions, then that's some high IQ stuff. To be honest with you, like to because the risk versus reward isn't too crazy with that, because the the risk is like, of course you you give up the lead pretty much, but if you make it, you know you could just keep going on and on, and you could run the clock out for just like a yard. And for uh, also if the Vikings got the ball too, like since it's such a short territory and if they score, regardless, you're going to have time to get the last possession off anyways. So, yeah, I guess I could kind of agree with that call. But anyways, they botched it really hard. (laughs) It was like a play action and then a play action and had like a few crossing routes. And it was just really well contained by the Minnesota Vikings and then Jared Goff would elude one of the uh, Minnesota Vikings defenders, but again, like Jared Goff's weakness has always been his pocket presence and awareness. He should have known that, like, right after he dodged that defender, that he would be like right back. He would be there. He's still there. Like he didn't. He didn't escape into like a in, into like a void of darkness where he's never gonna escape. Like he's still right. He's still like right next to you. So naturally, as he held onto the ball longer, the defender came from behind and knocked it from him. So he fumbled, and that's a super Jared Goff play. But looking at the replay, there's really nothing there. It's kind of like a botched play. It was going to be turnover anyway. I really wish he could have at least threw it up, and that's kind of what you got to do. But yeah, whatever. In Minnesota, at the time, they could have ran the ball out, but 
they didn't they scored a touchdown and it was like 157 left or something like a lot of time left <laughs> for Jared Goff and the ensuing drive the game-winning drive for Jared Goff Jared Goff was really if you're a Vikings fan that has to be the most frustrating defense I've ever seen <laughs> because like that's one thing that I'll never understand about defense within like two minutes it's like defenses like decide that they they go away from things that work and then they play like this soft prevent which works too like no no sheesh you know they needed a touchdown to win the game so the idea is just to keep things in front of them and keep them from going out of bounds yada 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 and they didn't they didn't do that at all at all like (laughs) not only was jared goff like pushing them down the field they were also going out of bounds as well and they just kept going 10 yards 10 yards 10 yards and all of a sudden it's like they're in within the 30 and then they're in the red zone 20 yards and it's basically like um basically like a few more plays before the end of the game and it's within striking these distance it's like not that hard even for Jerichoff and then the final play was a fourth down and it was just the stupidest defense I've ever seen they played like this soft prevent defense but they didn't have anybody at the goal line so the wide receiver and the safety helping the inside they were like backed up like three or four yards behind the, the end zone the line so all the wide receiver did was just kind of run a hook route right on the goal line and Jared Goff of course he has an arm so he throws it to him <laughs> For a bullet pass for the touchdown to win the game on fourth down and that's the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life overall it's nice to see jared goff do great and win for detroit and he was super happy and i was super happy for everybody and i'm laughing at minnesota because that that's really going to cost them and we played them later on in the year so the aim is 500 to get into nfc playoffs and they dropped two games behind now so congrats to minnesota well done uh, another highlight of this week, uh, Seahawks got it done. I didn't believe in them, but they did it. 30 to 23, they almost effed it up to beat the Niners. They, I tuned out right when they were in field goal range to make it two possessions and two minutes left, and I was like, yeah, that'll be the end of the game. But of course, you know it's the Seahawks. They're kind of dumb, so. They ran it, and a dude fumbled at the one-yard line. And Jimmy G would lead them all the way, almost like shades of like Colin Kaepernick back then in the NFC Championship. And just like that, they messed it up again. I think there's a guy that tipped it at the line of scrimmage, and I, I think it would have been com- completed also because it was like a slant route, and he was wide open. So, yeah, Seattle got it done. Thanks to them, now we have a two-game lead against the Niners. And I think I'm not too worried about Seattle, but we are playing them soon. I think we will beat them. And yeah, sucks for the Niners. <laughs> but I don't really care. Uh, Washington, they did win to uh, keep that last spot against the Raiders on a field goal. And then uh, Justin Herbert won against... Uh, uh, Joe Burrow, two of our guys, friends to the Ube Allen podcast. <laughs> and with that said, that'll be the week. That's all I gotta say.
Next week is the Cardinals rematch, though, and uh, hopefully it'll be an easy win, but I feel like that's going to be a longer podcast. But thanks for listening. Listen to my K-pop episode. Peace.